0: when I put people back in their box and say, actually, you're speaking to a traveller, but you're telling me this is what I should look like, this is what I should speak like, and this is what I should do. But I'm none of those things.
1: Hello, my name is Kel, and you are listening to the Wild Ones mini podcast series. On June 12th, 2021, at the very first Wild One Salon, we were delighted to have guest speaker Leanne McDonough with us to talk about how she chooses to challenge prejudices against Irish travellers as well as the power of art. Here is what she had to say. When I get to meet
0: people, sometimes, at the point I am now, um, a lot of people seem to know who I am in Cork, um, which I don't know is a good thing or a bad thing um, at sometimes. But I suppose for those people that don't know me and they want to get to know me, um, I think the biggest thing for them to realize is the fact that I am a member of the traveling community. And a lot of the time when I meet new people and they're like, oh, I didn't I didn't know that or didn't know anything about the traveling community. Sometimes um, the people I speak to know actually very little. Um, I attended um, a summer school in 2019 Um, It was an amazing summer school, some of you might know it, um, with Create Ireland. And the group of people that were present were just fantastic. Similar to this, very diverse, very individual people, very strong-minded, open-minded, and we had an amazing week. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I love actually coming to Speak, Think, Do events, because they were very, very similar to that type of week that we had. But I suppose by the end of the week, I was absolutely exhausted because people had asked me so many personal questions that I was literally drained, um, but in a good way, because I knew I was making friendships and connections with all these new and amazing people. And I knew their questions were coming from a really good place. Um, And I always see that as being a very good thing. Um, So I suppose it's really strange for me to just kind of come here and just start talking about, this is me, but I suppose this is what I'm about to do. Um, As a young girl, um, I remember being in school. I had a very, very positive experience of school. And when I was about 16, so leave insert here, and I was considering, am I going to progress with college or not? I can remember feeling very conscious about who I was and where I came from and the position I held within wider Irish society. And I was quite um, aware of how travellers were viewed in general. Um, And at that point in time, there was no kind of um, expectation of me from my family to progress with my education, because traditionally it wasn't something that we would have done. Um, And quite often when I say that, I need to point out um, the reason that might be so. And now it's not the complete reason, but the reason behind that is very, very complex. Um, My parents and a lot of parents that I know of in and around Cork City here. So I interviewed a number of parents a couple of years ago about their experience of the Irish education system in Ireland. And I'm talking about 50 year olds, um, 50 plus 55. So their experiences, we're talking 20, well, not 20, 30, 40 years ago. So it's not that long ago. And their experience of the education system is absolutely horrendous, diabolical, being separated in a classroom, being separated in a schoolyard, being washed down at the schoolyard before they were allowed to enter. Um, being beaten, bullied by both staff and students. Um, So when I explain that to a lot of people, that sometimes it's not an expectation for their kids to go to school, that's their experience of the system. So they're not going to push to keep their kids in it if their kids are rebelling against it also. And quite often, kids actually do rebel against the system. So a lot of um, traveller kids, unfortunately, would leave in second level. I think we have... I could be wrong and I should have checked this beforehand, but don't quote me on it. I think it might be 14% of kids, completely completely insert, um, which then is obviously indicative of the fact that 1% progressed to third level. Um, So then back to me being 15, 16 year old, this was where I was at. This is where my headspace was. But at the same time, I knew I was the type of person that didn't like to be idle. I was quite rebellious as a young girl, quite wild, um, quite outspoken, quite stubborn, um, but also quite determined. And I suppose when my teachers kind of spoke to me and to my potential and said I had a passion and an ability within the art room to not waste it, that really stayed with me. And I I wondered about what were the possibilities um, that were out there waiting for me. And I began to think about it and I ended up going to Crawford College of Art and Design with the initial intention of going for one week to see what it was like Um, and I told people and my teachers I'm just going to try it out Um, but thankfully it was amazing it was absolutely one of the best experiences I've ever had and if if you've never experienced art college or an art course um, I'm 100% behind it anything creative is only good for your soul get out there put your hand in something and go for it. Um, because I never looked back. That, that week turned into a, a year, ended up being three years, and I could have left, but I continued to do a fort, And then after the fourth, I decided to do a fifth year and ended up becoming a teacher. Um, and I suppose during my time in college, I began working for a lady within the college, within the access, co- went in the access office in the college. And what she had asked me to do was go back into secondary schools and speak to other young traveller girls and boys and try and sow some seeds for them and try and get them to open up their eyes to the potential of continuing with their education. And from that, um, it kind of went from there. And I I really saw the value in education and the value of kind of spreading that to others and saying, if you want it, it's there, it's out there for you. Um, But I suppose a lot of these kids would have lots of barriers um, in comparison to the fact that I didn't. I had a very, very positive experience in school and all my teachers were always very encouraging, which is why my journey to date has been so successful. But I suppose by working as a teacher and being back in a lot of schools, I worked in lots of schools in Cork City and County and across Ireland. In one given year, I I, I think I hit a record of six school, 16 schools in a year. Um, so I've been in staff rooms and I've seen what it's like for traveler students. As I said at the start, not everybody knew who I was. Unfortunately, now all the schools know who I am. So I've been able to sit in staff rooms and people not realise that I'm a traveller. And I've had conversations that I've had to shut down um, because they weren't so nice or so positive. Um, I've had confrontations between teachers about travellers in school without them realising who I was. Um, So I've seen how bad it can be for people who might be different um, and it just doesn't sit well with me. So the work that I currently do now um, with MTU Um, is about creating different projects and initiatives specifically targeting um, younger members of the traveling community in second level and helping them to progress and transition into third level Um, and that's the educational side of things I do. I suppose other than that um, I do create my own artwork and in the early days I was kind of very conscious that I didn't want to be seen just solely as the traveler artist um, just in the same way that we wouldn't describe let's just say somebody who might be black, the black artist or somebody that might be gay, the gay artist and so on, whatever. Um, so I was really conscious about that. And I suppose the work that I did create from the very beginning was always about me and my experiences of who I was. And that just ultimately happened to be a traveller. Um, but I suppose one body of work where I was really conscious about the fact that this had to be about a traveller issue was um, my second solo body or my second solo exhibition exhibition and that body of work was titled accommodate versus simulate and that came after the tragedy of carrick mines and i for those of you that might not know what that is um carrick mines is a place in dublin where um 10 members of one family lost their lives due to a fire um it was a temporary accommodation they weren't supposed to be there but they were actually living there for a number of years um, and it was being overseen by the council but yet there was no running water on site so during the time of that fire there was no water to even attempt to put it out Um, But that's one thing, what happened after that is what really pissed me off. And when those families went to be buried um, back to their local hometowns, the town shut down, absolutely shut down. Nobody was welcome in those towns. Um, So that inspired me to create a body of work around accommodation and the wider issues around accommodation within the community. Because unfortunately, a lot of people from outside of the community don't actually understand that there is a separate budget for traveller accommodation. Here in Ireland, there's reasons for that. And it's written into law. Um, and for those that are willing to actually seek out why, it's written into law. Um, so I'd done that in the hope that I'd raise some more awareness. But unfortunately, I don't think much has changed in the last number of years. That exhibition went out in 2017. Not much has changed at all. Um, accommodation budgets. So there. let's say, for example, um, and this is old information. So in 2017... 70% of the budget went unspent, not even drawn down um, in the previous year to my research. Um, something like 400,000 wasn't even drawn down. When we all know if you're from Cork, there's a site here in Cork that's absolutely overcrowded. And the people within that are crying out for help and support with years, but yet they're just being shut down at every, every, every obstacle has been put in front of them. I have been in to that site, guys. You would not want to live there you would not want to live there. Traveller or no traveller, you just would not want to live there. Um, So yeah, that's it. Other than that, then I suppose I I do make artwork. That was the first one that was really kind of a political statement. Um, Other body of works are really themes that do kind of string through um, the wider tradition of the community. But any team that I do touch on, I see it as a wider universal team because I personally think no matter who we are, where we come from or what community, we're connected to, all themes are universal. Like at the end of the day, how many of us here on this call might be a mother or a sister or a friend. Um, like a lot of my work is about relationships and how we treat other people or how we see other people actually. And a, and a big thing and overriding thing in all of my work um, is how the visual looks. Um, and I, I'm going to leave you with this description. So like a lot of my work doesn't actually look like the work behind me. Um, it's quite blurry. Um, quite abstract quite hazy and sometimes you can make out there's people within my work but you can never identify anybody and the reason I do that um, is because I don't believe that we can make assumptions about people I believe that you have to ask a person questions over and over and over again before you get to know that person. You need to peel away at that person before you truly know who they are. So I like to present my work in a way where people have to ask questions about what's going on here, what's happening here, who is that, is that a guy, is that a girl, what's going on, um, are they of colour, are they not, where they live in, what type of home do they live in, You, you have to really ask questions about what's going on before you can come to any kind of a conclusion, which brings it back to the fact that I have more often than not been associated with a stereotype my entire life um, which I don't live up to and which I've obviously smashed so many times in so many rooms when I put people back in their box and say actually you're speaking to a traveler but you're telling me this is what I should look like this is what I should speak like and this is what I should do but I'm none of those things Um, so yeah sorry I hope it feels like that might have been more than eight minutes but there you go.
1: A short time after the salon, we asked Leanne to give her thoughts about the experience. She writes, The salon was great. Like Kel said, they had a pain in their cheeks from smiling. I was the same. I was laughing and smiling from start to finish, while also gaining valuable insight into the lived experiences of others. It was both an enlightening and refreshing afternoon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wild Ones mini podcast series. You can follow Leanne on Twitter, at L-M-C-D-A-R-T that's all caps L-M-C-D-A-R-T you can also follow Good Day Cork on Twitter at GoodDay underscore Cork you can follow think, speak, Do on Twitter at ThinkSpeakDo1 thank you to our sponsors LCDC and the Department of Rural and Community Development A huge thank you as well to Harry Menton for composing the music you've heard throughout this episode, as well as sound editing and mixing. You can find more of his work on Spotify.